Turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to look at some things this morning, and I want to encourage your heart and your ears. All through the Word of God and through Revelation, it said, He that hath an ear, let him hear. You know, as you begin to get older, uh, sometimes your, your hearing is not all that it used to be. And uh, for different reasons, you know, I spent most of my young life from the time I was a little kid all the way up uh, to adulthood, uh, right back there where my son is playing those drums. And just that constant banging and beating sometimes affects your ears a little bit. And uh, so I don't always hear, uh, you know, just perfectly. And uh, then, uh, as men, we have uh, selective hearing. We hear those things that uh, we want to hear when we want to hear them. Isn't it amazing how uh, your husband can miss uh, all the chore list, but he never misses uh, when, when you say dinner's ready. I mean, he's right up out of that recliner. He never misses dinner. Uh, but sometimes, you know, we our hearing is not... A, so whether or not it's a uh, physical problem or a selective problem, uh, hearing is so important because... If you don't hear clearly, you miss instruction. And if you don't follow instruction, sometimes the end result is not the same. And so it's important that we hear. When God is speaking and talking to us and calling us, it's important that we hear. We're going to talk a little bit today about the voice of God and uh he just loves you. He wants to tell you that. And I don't want one person to miss hearing God tell you how much He loves you, how important you are to Him, and uh, just give you those things in life that you need to hang on to. So Deuteronomy chapter number 4, if you're there, we're going to read verse number 30 and verse number 31, and then we're going to go look at some other scriptures and some things, and then we're going to come back and we're going to end uh, up with this scripture again. So Deuteronomy chapter number 4, verse number 30 and 31. When thou art in tribulation. Did you notice right there as we just uh, stop and preach for a second? Did you notice right there? He didn't say if you have tribulation. Didn't he? he didn't say you might have tribulation. He said when you're in tribulation. Because Jesus declared, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So Deuteronomy declares, when, you, when thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days. So you could say, well, you know, this is Old Testament, and it is, it's not talking about today, but he specifically said, even in the latter days. How many believes we're living in the latter days? If. You know, the, the Scriptures is full of this little two-letter word. And we always want to take what follows and demand... That God do His part. But it usually is always hinged upon us doing something. And when you don't do your part, God doesn't have to do His part. 
But if you do your part, God is bound to His Word. He's not a man that He can lie. And when you obey His Word, God will do what He promised to do. So this little word is important. If thou turn to the Lord thy God and shall be obedient unto His voice. God speaks. God spoke. God speaks. And God will continue to speak. But He said, if you will hear and be obedient unto the voice of the Lord, listen to this little verse here. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. Can I get an amen? We serve a merciful God. He said that He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers which He sware unto them. You see, from the very beginning, it was God's Word that created and formed things. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning. How did everything start in the beginning? Amen, the earth was without form, and darkness covered the face of the earth. And God thought... And God hoped... God said. The Bible declares in tongues that there's power in the tongue. We have the authority by our words to frame our situations. You will have what you say. And God said, let there be. And he began to declare some things. And he said, let there be light. Let there be, let the firmament be. Let, let the fish be in the sea. Let all this. And every time he said it, it happened. He framed this world. He created this world. Amen. By his word. By his voice. Amen. God spoke in the beginning. And then he declared that while you were in your mother's womb, that he formed you, that he called you, and he knew you by name. Genesis chapter 3. We didn't go very far. God created the heavens and the earth. God created man in his own image. He put man in the garden and every day he talked to man. He said, let us make man in our image because God wanted relationship with man. He had all the created beings, amen, that worshipped him because they were created to. But he was looking for somebody that would worship him because they wanted to. Every day Adam and Eve talked to God. They walked with God. They heard His voice. Amen. When God would say Adam, Adam would say, Here I am. When God would say Eve, she would say, Here we are. Here I am. And they talked and they communicated. But on this day, Amen, in the third chapter, Amen, it says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. 
You see, when sin came in, man had relationship with God. They were not afraid of God. Amen. God was their creator. Amen. God was their supply, their source, their friend. And now because of sin, because the enemy came in and caused them, amen, to fall from grace. And now, amen, their eyes were open. And they realized, see, they were covered in the glory of God. But now with the glory lifted, they saw their nakedness. They saw their flesh. And they were ashamed. And they hid. And it started that day that man begin to hide from God man begin to run from God's voice instead of saying here I am amen man heard but man hid but through relationship we've got to begin to come back We've got to not allow the enemy, not allow the devil, not allow circumstances, not allow people, amen, to speak and tell you, amen, that God hates you or that you're unworthy or you're not good enough or because of your past or because of your color or because of your gender or because of your economic situation, amen, that God how somehow thinks less of you. I'm here to tell you today that God is still calling you. He still loves you and He's just looking for somebody to step out from behind the tree and to say, Lord, here I am. Yes, I'm naked. Yes, I'm messed up. Yes, I've sinned. But Lord, I'm coming to you, my creator, and you're able to cover me once again with the glory of God. You see, God will cover your sin. He will cover your flaws. He'll cover your failures. He'll cover your past. But as long as you hide, and when he calls you, you run. If somebody would just run to it. What if when Eve sinned? What if when they had that uh, uh, encounter with the devil, had they just run screaming and calling God? God would have showed up, kicked the devil out, and we'd still be living in perfection. But when we begin to hide from God, when God calls and we run the other way, there's trouble. Elijah had a great, miraculous outpouring of the power of God on Mount Carmel. He called down fire from heaven, killed all the prophets of Baal. And then Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you, dude. And he got scared. And he ran. And he hid under a tree. And he said, I wish I was dead. Now, he didn't really wish he was dead. If he really wanted to be dead, he'd have just stayed there. Jezebel was going to do it for him. He didn't really want to die. He just wanted to complain. I think this morning it was Brother Richard. He said, how you doing? I said, I'm fine. And I said, it ain't no use of complaining because my wife won't listen. <laughs> There's no reason to complain. Listen, but he sat there and pouted. And then he went and hid himself in a rock, in a cave. And God said, I'm going to talk to you. God hadn't talked to him up to this point. He fed him. He sent the raven. He gave him water. He let him just relax a while and get over all he's been going through. And, but then it was time. For God to speak. And so he told him, I'm, I'm going to speak to you. And he came out and all of a sudden, a great strong wind came. And he, Elijah was looking, okay, where's God? But God wasn't there. God does speak through strong winds sometimes. Through storms and situations, he can. But then, all of a sudden, an earthquake came and shook everything. And God didn't speak. He can. He does. But then, a fire came. Elijah Listen, but there was no voice there. 
You know, there's sometimes the things that we think God is going to speak in and speak through. He doesn't. And then we get all upset and discouraged. Well, I thought that was God. And I thought this was going to be God. And I thought... But then, the Bible declares that God spoke in a still, small voice. You know, sometimes we get so busy with life and we're, we're, we're waiting and thinking, expecting God to speak in some great, powerful way. And I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what God wants me to do when I'm, I'm going to be at church and a lightning bolt's going to come and His hand from heaven's going to jerk me out of my seat and drag me to the front, front and I'm going to fall in the altar and the Holy Ghost is going to fall and the altar's going to catch on fire and then I'm going to know that God's calling me to do something. And then you come to church and everything is just soft. (laughs) Well, not usually soft, but it's just regular and it's just worship and people are enjoying themselves. And I mean, the the anointing's there and man, the band's playing and Pastor Elias is up here telling you just to worship and you're just waiting for God just to jerk you out of the chair and you're just there and you're just... Do we ever get truly still enough, quieted down enough? Do we ever turn the volume of life down, of children and relationships and money and all the friends and everything, enough to hear God whisper into our spirit, I love you. I love you. I believe in you. You can do it. You can make it. Don't give up. Don't quit. That still small voice inside of you when you feel like everything is hopeless, but you know somewhere down deep God is saying, you can make it. I believe in you. I paid a price for you. I died for you. I love you. You can make it. Listen. Listen. Jesus came along in John and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. And shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is. When the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Today, there's a lot of churches, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of sinners, but I'm talking about people sitting in the churches that are still dead in their spirit, dead in their relationship. But if they'll just open their ears and hear that still small voice on the inside of them, amen, just saying, come forth! Just as Jesus stood at the grave in the tomb of Lazarus, dead three days, rotting, decaying, and stinking. And he said, roll the stone away. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And he being dead, when the dead heard his voice, he came to life again. 
I'm telling you, God, there's no situation, there's no circumstance, there's no relationship, there's no business, there's no thing, amen, that is dead enough that when God doesn't speak into it, it can come back alive again. Oh, you say, oh, Pastor, you don't know what's happening in my marriage. You don't know what's happening in my relationship with my children, with my grandchildren. You don't know what's happening on my job. You don't know what's happening. In... I'm telling you, I don't care how dead, how much it's how long it's been dead, and how bad it stinks. Amen. When God speaks into it, I'm telling you, it can come back to life again. So Deuteronomy, let's go back to Deuteronomy. So if we know in the Old Testament God spoke, We know he spoke to his prophets. We know he spoke through Jesus. God speaks. So he said, when you're in tribulation and these things shall come upon you, even in the latter days, if you will turn to the Lord thy God and shall be obedient. Now here is a key word. How many has ever told your children to do something And completely blew your mind when they didn't do it. You just couldn't believe it. I told them to clean their room, and I cannot believe that I come back five minutes later, and they're still sitting there playing that game. Well, as parents, most of us, we believe it, don't we? And so we usually tell them again, and we tell them again, and then we threaten them, and then we count to three, and, you know, we all these things that we do to teach them more disobedience, you know. We need to learn that when God speaks, we move. That when God speaks, we don't say, wait till a commercial. (laughs) That's what husbands say. And wives need to just wait till the commercial to ask. I mean, it would really make things a lot simpler and cause less fights. Just wait till halftime and then ask the question, please, please, please. Or, better yet, see, I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you. This is just pastor loving on you. Wives, at a commercial, just come to your husband and say, Sweetheart, listen, uh, I got groceries in the car uh, at the next commercial or halftime could you get them for me? And he'll say, that's no problem. Half time, he'll get up and go do it. But if you go in there right in the middle of the most important play and stand in front of the TV and say, I'll go get those groceries. Well, you might get them and you might not. You might get broken eggs and you might get... <laughs> Just trying to help you because I love you. We need to learn the appropriate time to ask questions. And you know, you know God, God does that. God usually knows how to speak and when to speak, and He knows how to speak. God never demands. God never says, you sorry, no good thing. I told you to get up and go. No. God just whispers and says, go. Go. If we're disobedient, we find Jonah. He told Jonah, go. Jonah said, no. God said, okay. He told Jonah, go. Jonah said, no. He said, okay. He sent a storm and said, go. Jonah said, no. And he said, okay. And then he told Jonah, go. And he said, no. And then Jonah ended up in the bottom of the ocean, in the bottom of a fish, in the bottom of the whale, in the bottom. And uh, then Jonah, God said, go. And Jonah said, okay. <laughs> and God said, should have done it the first time. I'm going to get my way sooner or later. But God just keeps asking, keeps saying, keeps giving us chance after chance. Because you know why? Because God's merciful. 
God didn't just, God doesn't just ask one time and say, you know what? Here's how we do. I ask you, you didn't do it, so that's it. You're done, you're cut off, nothing else for you. See, that's how we are. But that's not how God is. Because the scripture declares, for thy God is a merciful God. And he gives us chance after chance. The only problem is every time he says go and we don't go, we get in more trouble. God's ultimately going to get his way. Do, do you understand that? Do you understand from the word that the world will end up just like God says? Do you know everything is going to work out just like God says? We are going to stand before God. The righteous will spend eternity in heaven. The unrighteous will go to hell. It, God said it. It's going to happen that way. There's nothing you can do to change it. The sooner you say yes, the better off you are. Because God knows everything's going to work out just the way he said. Because he said it, he declared it to be, and his word will not return void. It's true. So the Lord said, if you will listen to my voice and you will be obedient to my voice, here's what I'm going to do. So there's some benefits for, to hearing the voice of God and obeying. He said, I will not forsake you. Anybody ever felt forsaken? Man, that's a horrible feeling. You ever been lost? You ever been by yourself? You ever been, you know, I can remember as a kid getting lost in Kmart or Gibson's or... Now, most of the time, it was us hiding from our parents. We would get in the... I, me, me and Bruce would go with my grandmother, and you know those racks of clothes that are round circles? We would go through the clothes and get up in the middle of the clothes that we could see out, and they'd be hunting and searching. Look, we'd be there just thinking it was the funniest thing. Then we'd get in trouble. And then we would go and we would sit in. We didn't have a TV, so when we went to those places that had TVs, you know, Kmart used to have that whole big back room with all those TVs. We'd go sit right there and watch Adam 12. You know, and, we, and, and when they were ready for us to go, they'd come find us right there. Now, you, you couldn't, there ain't no way in the world you could leave your kid somewhere today like that. But it was a different time. But there was times that, you know, uh, there was times that we would say, with Mom would say, let's go, and we wouldn't go. We was just talking with uh, my friend Michael uh, the other day, and he was talking about all the different times that he's broke his arm, and I was involved in several of them. And uh, on this one occasion, uh, we, we, we had thrown this rope over a limb and tied a, a board to it, and we would sit on the board and pull ourselves up. You ever did that? And because uh, we didn't have Xbox back then. You know, we had a truck and a spoon, and I mean, you just had to make your own fun. And, uh, and we'd go outside, and we wouldn't come in until they screamed and yelled for us. You know, and so uh, we were out there, and we'd made this rope, we were pulling ourselves up, and my mom walked out the door, and uh, she said, go get in the car, let's go. And I said, Mama, please, I was, uh, I was sitting on the seat. I had the rope in my, please, just one more time, let me show you. Mama said, no, go get in the car, it's time to go. But mama, please, mama, mama. <laughs> you know how we do. Mama said, no, go get in the car. So the, being the obedient son that I was, I'm sure I got off the rope, threw the thing down, stomped, you know, and went off and went and got in the car. And 
My friend Michael, you know, laughing at me, got on the board and pulled himself up. And, you know, he got it to the top and <gasps> rope broke. Bam! Hit the ground, broke on. Man. So many times I was spared things because Mama had a feeling or Mama had something and she was going over to visit my other friend and I said, I want to go. And there was no reason why I shouldn't go. But Mama said, no. I don't understand, no, Mama. There's no reason. That's my friend. You're going to visit my friend. Why can't I go? No, I just don't feel you need to go. There was no seatbelt laws. I always sat on the edge of the seat with my elbows up on the, the dash looking out the window. Mama wouldn't let me go. She went on over. She visited with them. And uh, she started coming back home. She's coming right down Gentry Parkway, kind of where Church's Fried Chicken is. And there was some woods there. And all of a sudden, out of those woods flies a brick, hits the windshield right where I would sit. Glass shatters all over the car. She gets home. There's glass covered everywhere. I'd have been sitting right there, and it'd been right in my eyes. But Mama said, no. Obedience. Even forced obedience. Because that obedience wasn't for on my own. There's so many times. How many times has you, you wanted what you wanted and God said no? What you wanted to do didn't work out. Where you wanted to go didn't work out. When you said we were leaving, you didn't leave. I was so mad at mom and daddy one day as they got older. And, uh, you know, I told them we were leaving at this time and I wanted to go at that time. And I showed up and, you know, they weren't quite ready. And, you know, you know, you kind of get a little attitude. And, uh, you know, we're trying to get them in the car. And, you know, we're leaving about 10 minutes late to get to where we need to go. And so we get in the car. We go down here. We turn on there. And boom, there's about a three or four car pile up. Had I left when I wanted to leave, we'd have been right there. You see, God spares us so many times. Amen. When God speaks, amen. When God says obey, when God says go, when God says no. And sometimes it's His mercy that forces that no on us. We think it's God being mean. I'm not getting my way. Things are not happening as fast as I want them to happen. I'm not doing or going or saying or... Listen, God has a plan for your life. And if you'll just say, yes, Lord, if you'll just say, yes, sir, and follow and walk, God will protect you and God will bless you. Can I get an amen? He said, if you will do it, I will not forsake you. Amen. He promised, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll walk with you. I'll protect you. I'll cover you. I'll go before you. Amen. He said, My surely goodness and mercy shall follow you. Listen, if God's in front of us, goodness and mercy is behind us, the Holy Spirit surrounding us, how much more do you need? If you'll listen, if you'll obey, I will not forsake you. You'll never be alone. God is always there. And He's there visibly. He's there in evidence. And He's there working. And He said, I will not forsake you. And then He said, neither will I destroy you. The ungodly, the Bible declares, will be destroyed. The unrighteous, those who do things unjust. I mean, destruction is everywhere we look. 
wars and rumors of wars and God allows things to happen in people's lives and I mean God is drawing people God is trying to bring sinners to repentance I mean every time judgment came in the Bible every time things I mean God gave them warning after warning after warning after warning I mean but there's coming a time when you say no long enough and when you disobey long enough and you don't do what you're supposed to do long enough destruction comes as a parent I mean, I, I, I was telling somebody the other day, listen, I got lots of spankings when I was a child, and I deserved every one of them. And every time I got a spanking, I never really begrudged it because I knew for everything I got caught and whipped for, I did about ten more I got away with. So I, never, I always knew when I was getting punished, I deserved it. Huh? Most of us know we're disobedient, and when we don't obey and then something happens, we really know deep in our heart. We can complain and fuss and gripe and all the kind of stuff, but we really know inside. You reap what you sow. But right in the middle of that, God is so merciful. And when we cry out to God, He steps in, and He loves us, and He picks us up, and He puts us back together, and He moves and carries us. And then he said, if we'll hear his voice and obey, I will not forget. Did you know God's a God that don't forget? There's only one thing he forgets. And that's our sin when we repent. And I'm so glad of that. When we say, Lord, I'm sorry, the Bible says he forgives us and puts it behind his back in the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. I thank God He forgets my sins when I confess them and repent. Oh, but He does not forget His covenant. He does not forget His promises. He does not forget His word. Amen. When He told Abraham, I'm going to make of you a great nation. When He told Israel, I'll bless them that bless you and I'll curse them that curse you. Amen. We see it evident today. And you better make sure you're on the right side because God is Keen. Amen. He is strict. He is perfect in keeping His Word. He said, I will not forget my covenants I made with you. That if you'll hear my voice, I'll answer. That if you confess your sins, I'm faithful and just to forgive. I know the reason I came. I know why my Father sent me. I know. And just as I declared, Amen, if you hear my voice and you obey it, you have eternal life. If you hear my voice, even if you're dead, dead in sins, dead in trespasses, dead in debt, dead in relationship, dead in any way, amen, if you'll hear my voice, I am the resurrection and the life. Amen? So if we'll obey God, if we'll listen, that big two, two little words there, if and obey, if and obedient, if we can do that, then He will not forsake us. He will not destroy us. And He will not forget us. Amen? That's good. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 declares, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him. I will sup with him or eat with him or fellowship with him and he with me.
our musicians come, we'll get ready to sing. Um, God says, I stand at the door. How many has ever had somebody knock on the door? Maybe late at night. You ever had somebody knock on your door in the middle of the night? The only person I ever knew that just went to the door and opened it without asking who it was was my daddy. He had no fear. Alarm go off, things happen, and he hears something, whatever. You know, we hear something outside. He just walk outside. Oh, what? What is it? Oh, where was it? I mean, no fear. But most of the time when somebody knocks on your door, and I always got a kick out of my Aunt Francine when she's here. I knock on the door and I could hear her coming across the floor and hollering, Who is it? Who is it? And I, always, I would always holler, It's Samuel. Now, depending on who you said you were, was depending on whether she opened the door or not. If she didn't know the voice on the other side, if she didn't know the name, you weren't getting in. Jesus knocks on the door. So many people say, who is it? You know what? He'll let you know who it is. It's Jesus. It's your friend. It's your Savior. It's your Lord. It's your Redeemer. He said, if any man hear my voice, you heard the knock, but if you hear my voice, and you recognize my voice and you open the door to me I'll come in I'll fellowship with you I'll have a relationship with you breaking bread and having a meal was so powerful of covenant and relationship and friendship in these times Jesus said listen if you'll open the door to me I'll come into your life I'll come into your situation I'll come in and sit down with you I'll help you work everything out I'll be your friend if you'll listen to it if you'll be obedient I'm not going to forsake you I'm not going to destroy you I'm not going to forget you but you've got to hear my voice and you've got to open the door and say yes it's simply it's simple come in How many, have, have you ever gone to somebody's house and you knocked and they opened the door and they just stood in the door talked to you there's no, there's no invitation to come in there, there's no there's a, you know there's a wall there there's a barrier uh, there, there, there's no relationship I'm not looking to know you better state your business and Get on down the road. You've been in that situation? But then you've been in the situations to where you've gone and you've knocked on the door and they opened the door and they went, Oh, it's so good to see you. Come on in. Have a seat. Would you like some coffee? Would you like some pie? And you're like, Woohoo, hallelujah, yes. See, that's a whole different relationship. It's your reaction to him knocking on your heart's door that's going to determine either you step to the door amen yes I know who you are state your business and I got things to do or yes Lord come in sit down fellowship with me speak into my life I'm here I want to have relationship and friendship and God said if you'll hear my voice if you'll open the door if you'll be obedient 
I'll take care of you. I love you. Those things that are dead will come back to life again. You'll have eternal life. Open your heart.